The Demand Generation Club podcast is back, and we're turning up the heat with Season 3. Get ready for insightful conversation with experts from Splash, TrustCloud, WorkRamp, UserGems, and more as we dive deep into B2B marketing approaches that are making an impact in 2024. This podcast is brought to you by SaaS MQL, the SaaS growth agency that helps B2B software companies land seven-figure deals with highly targeted multi-channel campaigns. Since 2018, SaaS MQL has helped over 100 SaaS companies generate millions of dollars in sales pipeline and recurring revenue. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. I'm here today with Jonathan Morgan, who is the VP of Revenue Operation and Head of Marketing at Achieve It. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Franco. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here on the episode today. As uh, usual, I'd like to start with a few words about your background and how did you end up becoming uh, PR Rev Office and Marketing at Achieve It? What was your uh, career trajectory for everyone listening here? Yeah, honestly, I think if you asked me five years ago if I'd be doing this right now, I I never would have guessed it. And I think if you talk to a lot of people in RevOps, very few people have initial goals to be in RevOps. You kind of just by happenstance fall into it. And that's what happened with me. I actually was at Achieve It, part of our customer engagement team, wanted to start a family, so wanted to stop traveling. And we had the need, as a many growing SaaS companies do, to have a more operational focus and operational Function. I started in that role originally in sales ops. And then based on some internal changes and pre-COVID having to do some reorgs and layoffs of our own, I ended up absorbing marketing. And that was, I guess, almost four years now. And I've since grown into VP of Revenue Operations and maintained uh, heading up our marketing team and marketing strategy as well. So definitely a unique role, but it's been a lot of fun and a lot of learning every single day. That's great. And in fact, I have a lot of questions about that because... You know, in my past, I've done a little bit of both, but never at the same time. So I'm curious, how do you manage uh, both kind of responsibilities on a day-to-day basis? Is there one of these areas that you you think you are focusing more time than the other? Yeah, I, I think I ask myself the same question some days is how do I focus on both or where do I spend my time? And I think as with anything, whether you're marketing specific or op specific or doing a bit of both, it comes down to prioritization and then also what has the highest impact on both the team and the organization. So uh, we do a lot of planning on a quarterly basis for our marketing initiatives, which helps to identify the effort and time needed on that. Certainly trying to get more strategic about our ops items as well, instead of just being reactive to requests from sales or marketing or customer engagement, but definitely trying to prioritize as much as possible and also ensure that from a team standpoint, supporting the individuals on the teams to help enable them to be successful and grow their careers and everything that comes with being a manager as well. So I would like to unpack a little bit kind of both area of RevOps and marketing as well as marketing ops. First of all, what tech stack do you do you use on the, the rev ops side, sales alignment, as well as on the marketing side, just to understand? Sure. So we have, I'd say, probably a pretty standard tech stack for most organizations and the typical play that many SaaS organizations would do. Our CRM and Salesforce uh, we use was Pardot, I guess now is marketing engagement from a marketing automation standpoint, plenty of other small niche tools on the marketing side, whether it's uh, product tours, we use Storylane or we use uh, Full Story for some of our website analytics. 
And then on the sales side, we use many of the standard players there as well. So Sales Loft for our sales engagement. We use Insights Squared, which is now Mediafly for a lot of analytics. Zoom Info and Sales Navigator from a contact enrichment. But many of the big names in the space we use, as well as some of the smaller players for more niche team needs. And assuming like your main goal is to keep everything aligned, right? All these platforms and leads flowing through sales and back to marketing and all of that. I would like to touch a little bit on the alignment with sales and how is your relationship with the sales team? How is your interaction on a weekly basis? Do you attend or calls? Like, tell me a little more about how did you structure that? Yeah, I'd say that's one of the unique things about the role that I'm in on both marketing and RevOps is that I really feel like I've been able to help facilitate a strong relationship between marketing and sales, which I'm sure anybody listening to this has been in organizations where that's an absolute nightmare and constant pointing fingers or grabbing for ownership of things. As RevOps, I had to be naturally close to both of those. And then also by overseeing and leading marketing, I was able to kind of bring that connection together. Certainly, we can talk about what that looks like and how we went through that process. But not only am I involved in regular sales meetings, but a couple of members of marketing are also available and attend sales meetings. Every Monday morning, we have our weekly sales meeting where we actually have CE involved in that meeting as well. From a forecasting standpoint, uh, essentially every function of their go-to-market organization is in there. Sales obviously walking through the forecast for the current month. CE is in there to talk about bandwidth and how to expect customers coming on board in order to make sure their resources are aligned. And then marketing is also there to discuss any requests or updates on the sales and marketing side. Now, we don't spend the whole hour together. And we have a section where everybody's on and then CE drops off and then marketing drops off. But it's enabled us to have a really strong relationship, not just sales and marketing, but across the entire go-to-market team. I've seen organizations where they have strict goal for marketing, separate goal for sales. Sales is always revenue, obviously, but marketing might have MQL or they have uh, top of the funnel leads or they have uh, scoring, you know, all of that. What is your goal from the marketing side? How do you measure it? Yeah, I, I think both sales and marketing, no one's ever been concerned about having enough things to measure, right? It's what are the correct things to measure. And it's been a journey, but on marketing right now, our primary three, I'll call it three to four KPIs. Our first is inbound revenue. And I mentioned inbound specifically because we can talk on that in a bit. Uh, of course, pipeline contribution. Uh, so what are the amounts and number of opportunities from an inbound standpoint that we're contributing to the pipeline? Uh, MQLs, as well as we also monitor late stage inbound pipeline to ensure that we have enough later in the sales pipeline that will eventually turn into revenue. So there's the main four uh, MQLs, opportunities, late stage pipeline, inbound ARR contribution. How do you capture that? Because sometimes attribution can be tricky, especially for inbound, like understanding at the enterprise level even more when certain opportunities have multiple touches. How do you attribute that? Yeah, obviously, attribution is a, a huge topic. And, and anytime you're on LinkedIn, you can find plenty of people debating about the importance of attribution. I think where people really get attribution wrong is not thinking about what is the type of attribution model we're going to do. It's when they set their team and organizational goals on attribution. It goes back to the goals I mentioned for our team. It's not marketing source revenue or marketing source pipeline. It's inbound pipeline. And what we mean by that, and this is a change we made a couple of years ago, is instead of thinking about it around who internally sourced this opportunity or who did what work, we think about it from the customer side. 
did they come to us? Was it inbound? Did they fill out some form on our website? Did they reach out to someone on our team? Did they attend an event? Did they come to us or did we go to them on an outbound standpoint? Was it a sales call? Was it a BDR? Was it something we were proactively doing? And so I think by setting our goals related on inbound versus outbound, it kind of naturally broke down some of that resistance that happens in teams. Because what people end up fighting over, right, is, oh, no, this is a marketing sourced opportunity. And the salesperson said, oh, no, no, I, I emailed them eight months ago. Mm-hmm. They didn't respond, but I emailed them. So this is an AE source. And what we've done by setting our goals at one level above that is, that doesn't really matter then. We don't need to fight about that. Let's pick whatever is the truest thing from an attribution standpoint that we can then learn about to inform our campaigns, but we don't need to worry about fighting over what is our actual goal. So obviously there's tons we can talk on related to that, but that's been something extremely beneficial, not just from a goal setting standpoint, but for facilitating that relationship across teams is we don't need to fight about it. Let's pick whatever makes the most sense. And our goals are based on something entirely different. I would like to also talk about a little bit of the the marketing side of of the equation. What are some of your uh, top channels today that you're seeing success at driving this inbound pipeline, inbound opportunities? So I I think one thing we focused, and I say we, since I've been involved in the marketing team, is we really wanted to make sure our primary demand channels we had as buttoned up and geared up as possible. So like many SaaS companies, we have good a good uh, approach on different review platforms, whether it's G2 or Captera, continuously boosting our profiles there, reviews, bids in the case of Captera to make sure that when people are searching for tools like Achieve It, which is strategic planning software, strategy execution software, they know where to find us. Of course, we have typical Google ads. Uh, we're, experienced, we're experimenting with LinkedIn as well this year, all the typical demand channels. And we're now to the point where all right, we have the, the basic demand. So if someone's looking for a tool, we want them to find us. Now we're doing a lot more this year. Our strategy is to focus on brand, ensuring that people, when they hear the name Achieve It, they have an experience that they know to think about. So it's high quality thought leadership content around strategic planning and strategy execution, whether that's from pure content. We've also just launched a, a podcast. A, a, Franco and I have talked about this uh, now, having the similarities in podcasts. Uh, ours is called The Strategy Gap, where we are speaking with strategy leaders about how they implement and execute strategic initiatives across their organization. So it's, I think a lot of people, when they try to implement new marketing strategies, the thing now is brand, like let's do brand, brand, brand. We are doing that now, but I think a lot of people forget you still need to do the foundational demand steps to get your demand funnel working for people that are actively looking before you go all in on brand. I have a question for you that I really want to ask because you're sitting in both sides of the equation. From your perspective, the BDR, SDR team, should they report to marketing, to sales, to RevOps maybe, or a combination of, of the three? Great question. I think you see the same question being asked about RevOps is who does RevOps report to? There's not a clear answer for either of those questions. The easiest way to answer it is whoever is going to give it the attention that it needs. If you have a sales leader that's really great about driving alignment and having BDRs that support both sales and marketing, and the marketing person, maybe that isn't their forte, report it to sales. If the marketing person is really great with the BDR strategy, have it report to marketing. And then same on on the op side. For our organization, 
we actually use uh, outsourced BDRs right now. So we have a firm that we use that uh, they're doing entirely outbound. So in that case, it, it makes sense that we have a report to sales. But certainly in a case where we were leveraging BDRs for inbound, I could easily see how that could roll up under our team and under marketing. I have two more questions for you, Jonathan. Yeah. First of all, where do you see the future of RevOp? next three, five years. Something I'm fairly passionate about is people have been... I mean, I think it was what, the number one job on LinkedIn last year that they said was the fastest growing job was, was RevOps. Everyone just thinks they need to hire it. But I think a lot of people don't really understand what that means. And they're just having somebody that reports to the VP of sales and creates reports in Salesforce or, or adds unnecessary fields. So what my hope is for the future of RevOps is that we stop thinking about how are we supporting our internal teams. Obviously, it's important to align our teams. But that's not the goal of RevOps. The goal of RevOps is to create the best customer experience possible. And that happens through having a cohesive process across those teams. I think the more we can think about the future of RevOps being creating delight for customers, then we can back into what does that mean for our teams internally? How do we build roles and teams and individuals that support each element of that customer journey and ultimately enhance customer experience with our products? Last question, Jonathan. What is one thing that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career, both from the marketing side or the revolve side? That's funny. I, we asked the same exact question as our final one on the podcast. And I had never thought about what would I, what would I answer to that question? Honestly, I think just being open to kind of being uncomfortable. I've, I've been in my current hybrid role for four years now. And every single day, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do this week or next week or what I need to do to cause this or fix this problem. I think a lot of people are afraid to admit that. But anybody who I talk about this with is like, oh yeah, I feel the exact same way. There's always this sense of uncertainty with your future, your career, what you should be doing next. As long as you're willing to just roll up your sleeves and figure things out like that's okay. So I've come to terms with that now, but certainly struggled for a while with, I have no idea what I'm doing. How am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to help our organization grow? How am I going to fix this? And it's just a natural part of anybody's career and career growth. Jonathan, thank you again for joining us today. And during this episode, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Franco. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. If you're curious about how we're landing enterprise deals and unlocking millions in recurring revenue using account-based marketing and integrated direct mail campaigns, check out our website, sasmql.com. That's S-A-A-S-M-Q-L.com. We share tons of content every week on tried and true strategic ABM initiatives that actually generate pipeline from enterprise accounts. Thanks for tuning in. 